0: book of the prophet isaiah the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who lived in a land of deep darkness on them light has shone you have multiplied the nation you have increased its joy they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as people exult when dividing plunder For the yoke of their burden, and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for for the of St. Paul to Titus. Beloved, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us for himself, a people of his own, who are zealous for good deeds. the word of the Lord. Thanks
1: be to God.
2: everyone to please be seated at this time.
3: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. A long time ago the nation of Israel was struggling. At that time many people had forgotten about God. God decided to send his own son to be born and grow up among the people. God's own son would teach them about his Heavenly Father. God knew that Mary loved him, so he chose her to be the mother of his son. He sent an angel, named Gabriel, to tell Mary that she was going to have a baby. Mary was alone when she saw the angel standing before her. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. God has chosen you. You are going to give birth to a baby. You will give him the name Jesus. He will be holy, for he is the Son of God. In the town where Mary lived, there was a carpenter called Joseph. He took Mary to be his wife. When Caesar Augustus, the ruler of Rome, passed a law that everyone in the world should be enrolled, all the people went to be registered in the town where they were born. Joseph went from the town of Nazareth to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because Joseph was born in the family of David, he went to be registered with Mary. His wife. She was now expecting the baby. It was a long way to go to Bethlehem, so they had a little donkey for Mary to ride on while Joseph walked by her side.
4: At last they came to the inn in Bethlehem. They were very tired and needed to rest. Joseph knocked out the door. The door opened and the innkeeper said, What do you want? Have you a bed for the night, please? asked Joseph. My wife is very tired, for we have come a long way. I am very sorry, said the innkeeper, shaking his head. There is no room for you here, but if you would like to stay in the stable with the animals, you are welcome to rest there. It is warm and dry. Thank you, said Joseph. That will do very well. They followed the innkeeper to the stable. Then in the night, the time came for Mary to have her child, and she gave birth
5: to her son, her firstborn.
4: Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes. There was nowhere for the baby to sleep, so Joseph made him a little bed in the manger, the place where food for the animals was kept. We put warm dry straw in it and Mary laid the baby there to rest. and cold in the fields close to the town there were shepherds who were looking after their sheep suddenly a great light shone in the sky and an angel stood in front of them they were afraid but the angel said do not be afraid listen i bring you news of great joy a joy to be shared by the whole world today in the town of david a savior has been born to you who is christ the lord this is a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Then the sky was filled with angels, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to people of goodwill. Angels we have
1: heard on high, sweetly sing.
5: when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened to which the Lord has made known to us. The shepherds knelt down beside the baby because they knew that he was very special. Mary was glad to have the shepherds come to see her baby, the newborn king. Three wise men from the east had been keeping watch on the stars in the sky. They knew that a great king was to be born. They were waiting for a sign to show where to find him. At last, a bright star showed them the way.
1: We, three kings of Orient Bearing gifts we traverse of
5: wise men rode across many lands following the star. They thought they would find Jesus in a palace, but the star led them to a poor stable. At once they knew that he was the one they had been seeking. Each wise man brought a present for Jesus. They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: My dear friends, we have for many years had the practice and tradition of having the Christmas pageant presented at the first Mass of Christmas, but never quite like this. And I think it's one we are going to remember for a very, very long time. There are absolutely no words with which to give expression of thanks to everyone who organized, mounted, participated in, recorded, and prepared for presentation this beautiful sign given to us, as is only appropriate by children, of the message Of the child who has come to bring salvation. You and what you have done will be remembered and treasured. I had um, a very interesting experience not long ago as I was wandering as people often do through Facebook pages and various things online and I came upon a presentation, a short one, that was being made by the pastor of the parish in the city of London that my dear deceased brother and his family belong to. I sensed that he was giving this presentation and recording it for publication on their Facebook page because they perhaps we're not going to be having masses there. I'm not really sure what the rule is in London, but in the course of his presentation, the priest told a very interesting story which I had never heard of, but some of you perhaps are aware of it. And it comes from apparently his own origins and his Polish ancestry. He said that when he was growing up, there was a custom that had been inherited through many generations that when you had your christmas dinner your great feast you were always to set up a place and a chair that was to remain unoccupied and that was to symbolize jesus and for this reason because fully conscious and bearing the continuing sorrow of how the Holy Family was not able to find a place in an inn when Jesus was about to be born and had to resort to being in the stable among the animals, that God's people were reminding themselves by having this sign set up at their festive table that they would never let that happen to Jesus again, that there would always be a place for him, Father went on to say, though, that it was not a mere symbol. Because when you looked at that spot and you thought of Jesus, you were also to think of everyone whom Jesus would bring with him to sit at that place at table. All those who, like himself, are poor disenfranchised and forgotten, those who are in need, those who are uncared for, that, just like he always did while he was among us, Jesus would be their champion, and he would bring them with him. Perhaps more pointedly and distressingly, but also tenderly still, one was also to envision that that place at table was occupied by those whom Jesus would bring, whom people were missing, those who had been unable to join them, those who had died, perhaps especially during the preceding year, that it was not to be merely a grieving of an empty space, but to picture that Jesus was there, and all of those persons including those loved and lost, were to be considered to be in his embrace at that place at the table. And I really found that story very fascinating. This year, how could it possibly be any more poignant when so many, if not even all of us, will sit at our tables with all kinds of people missing whom we would have wanted to be there. It would be very possible to lament, sorrow, and grieve, even become angry, discouraged, despairing. But perhaps not if we tried the suggestion. Of having a place at which we envisioned that Jesus, the one who had himself been ignored and forgotten and excluded, is now welcome and with him in his embrace, everyone who we would want to see there, including those who normally would be and simply can't come together with us because right now we're not able to come together in the way we would want to. I think that's for me personally a beautiful way of thinking about how to redeem this Christmas. After all, what is Christmas? It is the festival of the arrival of the Lord. And he doesn't only come sometimes. He doesn't only come when it's a happy year. He doesn't only come when it's convenient. He comes all the time, and he is present with us right now. And in our darkness, we need his powerful light. In fact, perhaps that light will shine more brightly in our darkness than ever. Isn't it true that stars shine most brightly when it's at its darkest outside. So when we experience a darkness inside, in our lives, in our souls, in our homes, in our world, the light of Christ is shining all that much the more brightly if only we will look in the right place and discover him. That is the prayer the wish, the joy that we want to share with every one of you for this Christmas time. That you will let Jesus be present because he is. That you will welcome him and in him, everyone else, whether able to be present or not for any reason. And that you will see that he is a light that shines, scatters and shatters a darkness, especially the darkest darkness. He will bring a light that we need, and it shall be bright again. Dear friends, as I said at the beginning of this Mass, I am very glad that you are able to be with us and those who will be joining us for the remaining Masses that we will be able to celebrate over the course of this evening and tomorrow. As probably most of you are aware, in virtue of the decisions of the Government of Ontario made earlier this week, after Christmas Day is finished, our churches will be closed, and there will be no public celebration of Mass until further notice, and for at least a four-week period. Please do continue to refer to our parish website, where you will find... For example, that what we have done just now is going to be available even as early as 9 o'clock tomorrow morning for you to see again, and uh, in the future that there will be additional putting up of the celebrations of Mass over the course of these next weeks. Father Mike and I and all of our parish staff volunteers want to wish to you a joyful and peace-filled Christmas, that you will know the light of the Christ who dwells within you to save, to heal, to bring light, to bring his love.
3: We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words.
2: Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable by sickness or other reason to worship with us in person and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website where they can find them all day by day.
3: To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments and thank you for your prayers and support.